What is going on, guys? Welcome to today's Collecting Keys podcast. We have a deal case study here with Brennan Chedek of our Instant Investor Program. He's an investor that's been with us for about six months and has been doing some big things. If this is your first time here, my name is Mike DeHaan, and I am your typical host. And we do these episodes on Friday so that you can hear about what real real estate deals by everyday investors look like and not the inflated kind of nonsense that you hear about on so many other shows that are just highlight reels. So we are going to do a deep dive into Brennan's deal, which he has dubbed the Crackhead House. And I'm very excited to hear about these because there is one thing with off-market real estate that you kind of hear about, but you don't really believe until you've experienced it. And that is just the colorful nature of the human beings that you deal with when you are marketing to and trying to purchase distressed properties. So, you know, sometimes deals are easy. Sometimes they're hard. Sometimes there's just a bunch of mess in the middle. And you never know what's going to come of it. And I'm excited about this one today. So, Brandon, man, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's dive into this one. So, how this will work is we have the same questions that we ask every single time that goes through and kind of paints a picture for the property and the whole situation. So to start off on this one, what kind of property was this? Yeah, yeah. So this was, it's funny, I actually don't remember the exact list because this was one of my first deals. So I was using a software from somebody else's account, right? So I don't have access to that. I'm, uh, okay. I'm pretty sure it was a, a, a high equity though. Okay, high equity. And then what kind of property was it like a single family home? Was it like a mobile home, say in a crack house? Who knows? Yeah, it was a it was a single family home, you know, an addition on the back. The actual house itself wasn't in terrible condition. Person on the other hand it was a little bit of a mess. A little bit questionable. Cool. All right. And how did you find this deal? So it was uh SMS blast, right? Got the list from PropStream and yeah, just a text message. She actually responded pretty quickly to one of our texting campaigns and just said, you know, she was thinking about selling. So we got on a call and kind of took it from there. Okay, perfect. And I think it might be self-explanatory from how we introduced this one, but what kind of seller was this? Yeah, she was, at first I thought she was just like a nice old lady, but as the deal progressed, things started to unwind and yeah, she was um, definitely a user of some substances and had some health issues. Had <laughs> some health issues. Okay. Did she live there at this house or was it like... She did live there. Yep. So she lived there with her like family, extended family that their house just burned down. So they were living with her, but there was a bunch of them in there. So that was, yeah, that was a whole story, but she was living in the property. Oh man, it's a lot of baggage. I hate these sort of deals because the first question that always comes up is like, well, where are these people going to go? You know, it's like they typically aren't going to be able to qualify for anywhere. They don't exactly have a strong support system to be able to help them out. They do need to move or find somewhere to go. So I guess we'll dive in and sort of see where that ends up with this one. So, all right. So we got a questionable individual, substance abuser, living there with extended family give us the full story of the deal and what all happened here. Yeah. So I'll run through it, jump in if, if you have any questions or anything, because it is kind of a, a long timeline there. But yeah. So we first got contact like mid-August. Like I said, immediately she said she was interested in selling. She had some health conditions and it was just too much property for her to take care of at the time. So, you know, we talked, got pictures from her, everything, was working on getting her an offer. 
And then she ghosts me for a few weeks here. Finally, she reaches back out to me, says that she was going to her sister-in-law's house, found her unconscious on the floor. She winds up actually being dead. Oh, jeez. Oh, yep, yeah. So once again, she ghosted me for kind of two weeks there. Finally got back on the phone with her, got her a verbal offer, uh, like middle of September. Sent over the contract. She was okay with the offer. You know, she was one of those older ladies who could not work a printer. She didn't know how to open up DocuSign. So she could just not get this contract signed. Day goes by. She ghosts me again for about a month. Okay. Right. So sent the contract. Everything was good. And then she she ghosts me from there. Um, month goes by. She winds up calling me again. She says that she fainted. Wound up going to the hospital for about three weeks. Her son had her phone for whatever reason. So she couldn't respond to any texts or anything like that. So three weeks goes by. I send her the DocuSign again, right? Because she says she's still interested in selling. Finally, somehow she is able to work the DocuSign. She gets it signed October 2nd. So that was when officially got it under contract. Okay. Yeah, so I guess at this point, you start with them in August. So you've now sent them twice, gone through this whole time as you're two months into this thing. And like, the, it's funny, this stuff you're talking about how like fainted in the hospital, son has my phone. This is just like tra- classic abuser yeah. sort of situation that just doesn't make any sense. And everyone, this is where a lot of, I would say like landlords get in trouble when they have tenants that are like this because they believe them, especially if they're like an older female or there's someone with kids and they're like, oh, they're just down on their luck. It's like, no, they're lying to you because they have a problem. But yeah, so you get it under contract and then what transpires from here? Yeah, so I did believe her at first as well. This was my my first wholesale deal. So I was probably a little naive at that point as well. Now I would definitely yeah. be able to spot that a little bit better. But now I was working on finding a buyer and I was working with somebody who's in one of your favorite communities, the uh, Astro Flipper community. Nice. The the Jamil community. So he was an experienced wholesaler that was going to find me a buyer. Allegedly. 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 He's never he's never wholesale deal in his life if he literally is a Keegley guy. So yeah. yeah. So he kind of strings me along for like two, three weeks. We wind up honestly botching a few showings. They wind up showing up at eight in the morning on a Sunday while my seller's sleeping at home without Classic. yeah, without this wholesaler. So, you know, it was just a nightmare. I find out he hasn't done any deals. So eventually just kind of scrapped him all together. <laughs> and I was able to find my own buyer who we got under contract out of like late October with my own buyer and kind of went separate ways with that other wholesaler there. That's crazy. You know what's crazy about that whole situation too with these Keegley clowns? in case you guys haven't heard me talk shit about the founder of that and the whole thing on every podcast that we do, just because it's for some reason such a presence that I can't stand. They charge people $100,000 to open those branches. And they these people have no bearing about like how to operate this business or how to do deals. And I don't know where these people get the money because I'm pretty sure most of them don't have 100 grand. I'm pretty sure that they have something where they like finance it and they make them like put up their house. That's probably where they get most of their actual wholesale deals they close is from members <laughs> that put leverage on their primary home to open a freaking Keegley franchise that they didn't get anything out of. But it's just such a joke. They always come in like they talk a big game, like they're the smartest people and they freaking are trash. 
So if you ever hear from like a Keegley astro flipping person, just run away. Don't even bother talking to him. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. He's, he said he's done a few deals. Then as we kind of got more comfortable and I already signed a JV with him, then it comes out that he has not done one deal yet. And I'm like, oh, sweet. But he was nice enough to at least let me cancel that JV agreement. Mm. So he at least had some morals there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got another contract with another buyer. Turns out there is an open roof permit for the house. Okay. The seller actually did tell me about it, but this is where it starts to get a little, you know, into the uh, usage. She never actually paid the roofing company. So they completed it. Nice. Yeah, she never paid them. So my buyer didn't want to buy it without getting a payoff that we would just take right out of escrow to pay the roofing company off this way. You know, they wouldn't slap a lien on her, the new buyer or anything like that because they wanted the money. So, you know, we're going through, I'm working with title. They're trying to get this payoff from this roofer. Very hard to get in touch with them. So eventually I just call the roofer. I got in touch with them and I kind of tell him the story. And this is when the truth, I guess, started to come out. Okay. He tells me that this seller is literally the devil in disguise, starts saying all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I guess the uh, sister-in-law that she found dead in the house, who was the neighbor of the roofer, she gave her bad drugs and essentially like, you know, whatever. You're getting involved in people's personal yeah, lives. Yeah, exactly. So she gave her bad drugs. She died from it, whatever. And Apparently, she took the seller of our property, took the money from insurance for her roof claim. And instead of paying the roofer who actually did the work, she just took it and bought a bunch of drugs. And she was doing all oh, yeah. drugs this whole time. Hookers and cocaine right there. There we go. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's so, going hard. So, you know, this is when I was like, oh, wow, this sweet old lady is uh, not so sweet anymore. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I and mean, this is coming from your buyer. Yep. Why was your buyer even getting involved in this whole process? Did he have like a personal connection or did he just like hear about it and then suddenly had like a dilemma? So he, so we were both trying to get in touch with the roofing company. And sorry, the roofer oh. was one who was, who was saying this. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought you said buyer, but yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we finally get the payoff, whatever, right? Not too big of a deal, but now once again, the, the truth is, is coming out about some of this stuff. We get all of that worked out. There are some other additional liens on the property, some utility liens that, you know, she thought she paid, she never did, whatever. We got all that worked out. That was just going to come straight out of escrow. So we finally get all the paperwork out, send the paperwork to her. It was all mobile, right? So she was going to have a mobile notary. She finally signs all the paperwork, gets sent back, and the title company gets the paperwork, and her ID is expired for five years. Nice. So... Yeah, so they can't use that, right? So then we have to work on getting her an updated driver's license. So I'm on the phone with the DMV trying to schedule appointments for her because she can't <laughs> even use like Google, right, to actually schedule it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So we finally get that scheduled. She gets all that taken care of. They We, we send new document work, you know, send a new mobile notary. Same thing happens. We get it signed, get it sent back to the title company. And for whatever reason, the mobile notary didn't get a witness's signature. Mm -hmm. So second time, right, we're going through this paperwork and we have to redo it for a third time. Oh, my God. And you actually got her to go through a third time? I did. Yes. Yes. Holy hell. So in between, yeah, in between the second and third time, though, she gets a call from somebody else. Yes. Yes. Another wholesaler. Always. Yeah. I don't know. 
how this person did it, but they knew who I was. They knew who I was assigning the contract to. They had the LLC of the buyer, the dates of the contract, how much we had under contract for, and was saying that they could pretty much beat our price by $20,000. I'm not who I said I was, you know, like all this stuff pretty much just trying to sweep in from under me and, and take the deal. And to this day, I don't know how they had all that information. It's probably one of those Keegley pricks, dude. That's what they do. Like they were trying to swoop in there because they don't do any other opportunity generation of their own. Yeah, that Astro Flipper is coming back at me. <laughs> yeah, right. But dang, dude, that's crazy. That This was your first, first wholesale deal. So you, you took your licks. I mean, like, I will say, I'm glad that this was your first deal because that's the kind of shit that builds character, you know? And I really firmly believe that people that get into this business and hit like a home run right off the bat, right right at the beginning, they don't do very well because that sets their basis. Whereas like if your first basis is just, you're doing all of the hoops, you know, you're helping them get a driver's license, you're having to go through three different closings, you got dragged around by the first buyer, had to find another buyer, you have roofing liens, you have people that are like, you know, someone died, you have like everything that you can possibly think of. Well, at least you think you can think of, there's always more but <laughs> that happened on this first deal. And from there, you're kind of like, ah, nothing really seems like that challenging anymore when you do have one or two speed bumps along the way. So that's awesome. So what, what, did, uh, what was the end result of this? Like, what'd you end up making on it? Yeah, and I do agree with you 100% with that. I think this was definitely a blessing in disguise. But so we finally... I think the one plus was that I built a good rapport with her. So even though this other person was trying to backdoor us, I think she was very comfortable with me. So she decided to kind of continue on with the transaction. She winds up going to the hospital for, you know, the second time during this whole process or third closing had to actually be done in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So I'm coordinating. I'm on the phone with the notary trying to find out what room she's in in the hospital. And oh my yeah, God. but whatever, <laughs> it does wind up closing. So I got it under contract for 95,000 and I assigned it to my end buyer for dollars. There you go. And then to be honest, I bought her breakfast while she was in the hospital. I Uber eats it to her and stuff like that. Cause I just wanted to get the deal yeah. done. Yeah. So, you know, it was like just under $7,500 that I, that I walked away with. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you got it done. You broke the wholesale, I guess, virginity there. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but that's good, man. That's, that's a crazy one. You had, had all of the like different. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. I love it. Cool. So I guess from there made a little bit of money did that like once you finished that i mean obviously you're still doing wholesaling now was there like a moment of i think i'm done or were you just like ready to go into the next one yeah no i was definitely ready to go Love it. i think i was doing it for probably like five months before that and this was like the first legitimate proof of concept and after that yeah. it was just kind of you know the rest is history as they say <laughs> yeah absolutely no that's awesome man and and that is where we make our money in this business, right? People always talk about how much wholesalers can make compared to realtors and those sort of things. Some people think it's dumb, but not very many realtors or, you know, people in general are going to go through all the hoops that you went through to get this deal done. And, you know, not only are the challenges, but like you solved a lot of problems that she would have had to solve at one point or another. You know, the, the situation with the roofer, right? That was going to come up at some point and she needed assistance with it, with her having to get a driver's license. This is somebody that's literally not capable of solving that themselves. You know, they could make the phone call, but are they actually responsible enough to do that? Probably not, 
right? Just with their their life situation, there's always going to be a challenge. So you were able to help them out. And I'm assuming they walked away with some money as well. And you were able to get a deal done and make some money for yourself along the way. So awesome, man. Well, good stuff. If people wanted to reach out to you and potentially work with you in your market, what market are you in and what's a good way for people to hit you up? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in Florida, mainly uh, central Florida area, like the Orlando market, as well as Panhandle. And then I think the best place to uh, reach out to me would be Instagram, but uh, B Chetic, that's B-C-H-E-T-U-C-K, or you can just type in my name, Brendan Chetic, and I should pop up there. Awesome. Easy enough. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Brandon. I really appreciate it. And it's been super awesome to watch you grow. And the Instant Investor Program, guys, you should see some of the deals that Brandon's taking down now. He had this nightmare a little while ago, but he just closed one, I guess, a couple over the past week where he made his old annual salary in a week. So things can escalate very quickly. It doesn't always have to be a nightmare scenario. But anyways, Brennan, thanks so much for coming on. And you guys, you should absolutely reach out to him if you want to connect with him about doing deals in the Florida market or you want to hear about his experience with the Instant Investor Program because he has come a very long way and it's been awesome to see. So thanks for listening, everybody. Go ahead and share this with anyone who wants to hear what real real estate looks like. And you know, if you have anyone that's kind of in the business, this is a great story to share because a lot of us who are in the off-market world can totally relate and understand to this one because we've all been there. So share it with everyone that you can. It's a great way to help us grow. And besides that, if you have a deal of your own that you want to share on a deal case study, you should hit me up at Mike underscore Invest and I'd love to chat with you and see if you'd be a good candidate. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week.